0: There was a time where that actually hurt my growth, wow. that actually hurt my videos and my channel, because people wanted you to shut up and put on lipstick, you know?
1: I'm Casey Finey, and this is Fast Company's Creative Conversation a podcast where we tap into some of the most creative minds in film, TV, music, and beyond. We're tackling the mental roadblocks these creatives have encountered on projects or moments where they felt stuck in their careers. By diving into the problem and the lessons they learned from it, you'll hopefully have a clear blueprint to manage your own creativity. When Jackie Iina first started uploading makeup tutorials to YouTube, it was a way to escape a life she wasn't too happy with. Nearly 10 years and 2.7 million subscribers later, and she's turned a hobby into a booming career. Not to mention a platform for promoting diversity in the beauty industry. But before all her success, Jackie hit a major pothole a few years back when her channel's growth plateaued. What got her back on track is a lesson in finding your creative voice and never letting it go. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Likewise. I mean, what's funny is that I don't I don't wear makeup, but like I always watch your videos, only because of the entertainment value. Yeah. And plus, I love anything that's procedural. So, like, something about makeup tutorials and, like, video the step by and cooking. Step. The step-by-step. The step-by-step, it calms me down. So, I'm like... I can see that. That's kind of cool. And okay. It's, it's, no, that's really what it is. And yeah. the thing is, like, you know, it's... I, you just find you, like, highly entertaining, and I'm always here for a champion of, like, the black community, which you've been so, so, so integral in, in like, with when it comes to the beauty community. And it's just so, you know... You're a personal hero of mine and plus, you know, you're my Nigerian sister, so Thank you. <laughs> so, so the beauty influencer space on YouTube right now is massive, yeah. but you're definitely one of the OGs. So you've had your channel now for I think nine years?
0: Next yeah, spot on next year will be ten years. That's insane. So I, know.
1: I mean this is obviously way before anyone thought of making a career out of YouTube. This mm-hmm. is like way back in the day. So what was that impetus behind you starting your YouTube channel?
0: So at the time, um, there's been like so many phases of my YouTube career. But at that time, nine years ago, it's crazy even like saying it reflecting back. I was married, I was living in Hawaii. And um, it was hard. You know, I live my, my family's from California. So you're basically stranded on an island. You know, you're not all that happy with your spouse. So at the time, it was really like, it was really rough. I didn't have a job. And so all of those factors kind of played into like being really really lonely and just needing an outlet i actually at the time had no interest in starting a youtube channel it was my best friend who kept telling me to start a youtube channel she was like all those fun colorful looks you need to put them on youtube why not and then i was just like no i just like watching videos i'm not really trying to be like on camera like that like that's a little weird (laughs) because it is weird it's like why the hell like who am I even talking to? So it's just weird. It's just right. not something that you would do back then. So then I kind of had this moment where I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing anything else with my life. So I might as well. So I turned on, I think I had like a digital camera or something like that. So I turned on my digital camera and I just started filming and And it was interesting because at the time, the more and more my best friend encouraged me to start my channel, the more I realized like, I was watching, like, Michelle Phan. I was watching, like, white girls. I was watching Asian women. I was watching them do makeup, and I was teaching myself how to tweak it on my skin tone. And so I didn't even realize, like, hello, that's a void. There's no one who looks like you. That at least, it's not that they weren't present, but they just weren't as um, easy to find. It was very, very difficult finding a lot of dark-skinned vloggers at that time. So when I started my channel, I mean... It wasn't like an overnight success, but it definitely, definitely started growing faster than the average channel. And I've been through many, many waves and many, many phases of YouTube. I've seen it literally evolve from not even being able to make money to where it is now. And it's like insane. It's crazy. At that time, I honestly, I truly did not know people were making livable incomes off of this. But this was like a whole different time. It was like there was trolls, but they weren't like how they are now. You know, like you could genuinely... Yeah, we'll get into it's that later. F- it was more pure. And, like, I miss that in a lot of ways. But, you know, that's technology. Technology grows and evolves. And that's just where we are.
1: I know. You got to take the good with the bad. And there's a lot of bad. But there's still plenty of there's good. good. There's
0: amazing good, too.
1: And part of that good, I think, is the fact that because your channel has grown so much and because the beauty industry has grown so much and it, and now that it involves a lot of YouTubers, you've got the chance to do a lot of amazing Collaborations IRL. You know, you had your highlighters with Artist Couture, which is amazing. I love them. And then, obviously, the big one, most recent one, is your collaboration with Too Faced. Yes. And you were brought on to help expand their line of foundations, their Born This Way line of foundations, and which I think is remarkable because as we, as this whole conversation about diversifying the beauty industry and make, and this whole argument that, like, oh, well, you know, black women. Uh, they 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 don't buy our makeup so but you can't they can't buy something that you don't make and exactly. so i think there's just been this giant wave led most recently by fenty by fenty beauty and like having this wide range of shades that she launched and so i love the fact that too face brought you on to help expand their line and so i'd love to hear a little bit about that because i think that that, that collaboration falls so in step with kind of what's become your mission on youtube to right. be that right. one of the representations of Black beauty in this YouTube space. So how did how did that collaboration come about with Too Faced?
0: So basically, um, I had a, a really good relationship with Too Faced. I would say it kind of started um, just three years ago, just organically, or organically meeting them at events. You know, this was like back when like diversity wasn't the trendy thing to talk about. It it is right. now, but I always appreciated the fact that they were like open and they. It never felt like they wanted something from me. Like, Mm. they just had a good relationship with me. Like, I remember one year, this was like three, four years ago, they were like, hey, we need dark swatches on our website. We'll send you every lipstick that we make, and we want you to just take pictures in it so we can put them on our website. Oh, wow. And literally, that's what I did. So, yeah, I mean, we just organically had this really great relationship, and then obviously it helps that I like their products. They didn't always have the best range, and that's kind of where they thought of this opportunity to where they um, contacted me one day and they kind of, like, hinted at, at collabing with something. And at the time, no one no no one has done, like, complexion collaboration. So at the time, I was like, oh, they're probably going to want me to create, like, a shadow palette or something right. like everyone that. Right, everyone like, has this a shadow cool. palette. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Let me get ready. <laughs> and, um, you know, they brought me to the headquarters and they were like, so... We realize like, where we need to step it up. And our complexion products is one of them. And we want you to help us do that. And we want you to be a part of it. Wow. This, like, it, it almost has to, like, sink in for a minute. They were, like, we're talking about, like, a global campaign. Like, we want you to basically be the face of Born This Way. We want you to create That's your own so shades. major. We want you to, like, have the say-so. And because it was the first of its kind, like, it took a lot of months. And funny enough, this was actually months before we even knew Fenty existed, to be completely honest. But, yeah, it took, like, months because it was the first of its kind. So we didn't even know, like, what does the partnership like like this look like? Like, how do we even, you know, what terms do we set? So it took so long to negotiate. And then finally on my birthday, I was like, Jared, can I just freaking announce this? It's my birthday. (laughs) I want to tell people. I'm excited. Like, come on. Can we just fix it and make it work? Finally, I got to announce it on my birthday. And Honestly, it's been amazing. It launched this year. It was worldwide, so it's in stores in London. It's in stores in Australia. It's, like, incredible seeing people who send me snaps and they're like, I found your display. And it's like, you never get tired of it. Like, the first day we got here in New York, we went to the Sephora. I think it was near, like, um... I don't remember where They're it was, everywhere. But the, I mean, they're literally <laughs> they're everywhere. everywhere. I know we were just in, in Louisiana last month, Essence Fest. We went to Sephora. I always have to end up running to Sephora for something. I mean, And on. we found it. And it's like, That's it's crazy. So cool. it's, it's something you never get tired of. But right. yeah, it's incredible.
1: Ah, it's so dope. And I think, you know... I feel like people still have this notion that making a career on YouTube is as simple as turning on a camera and having some wacky personality. And if, I feel like if only if only, if only they
0: knew <laughs> I mean that's the oh thing.
1: Oh my gosh. And so when you think back on your career, what's been a moment where you felt stuck in a creative sense or you felt like your career wasn't moving fast enough for you?
0: Well, that was the first <laughs> five years of YouTube for me. Okay. Half a decade. Jeez. I didn't actually start making, and this is one thing that a lot of people not only don't know, but they refuse to acknowledge, is that like I didn't make a livable income off of YouTube. I'm I'm saying livable for Los Angeles hmm. standards, right. okay? Like as in like I could set up things like auto pay without <laughs> having to worry about a checkbook. Hello, like, right. those <laughs> kind of like I didn't have a liv- somewhat livable income until 2014, 2013. 2014, I would say wow. strong in 2014. I started my channel in 2009. That's
1: wild to me.
0: I know. <laughs> so either I didn't pick up the tools fast enough, or that's just my. I don't like, I see people that have started their channel in two years and they hit a million. That's right. just never something that spoke to me. And also, you know, colorism plays a lot of that too. And that's a lot of a right. big part of a lot of conversations that I have on my channel. But <laughs> it was like, Literally, like the first half of my YouTube career was me like figuring out what worked, what didn't work, and also just not being consistent enough, not mm. uploading on a schedule, not uploading regularly, also not really tapping into what my audience likes, what my audience didn't like. So, you can, one, I feel like one can argue that being a YouTuber now is. Probably the most sought after career because oh absolutely in, in, in everyone's eyes, if you think about it, it's the most easy to attain. You buy a camera, you film wherever you are.
1: The barrier for entry is so low. Exactly, you can like film on your phone and exactly. have great quality. And there so. are
0: a lot of people who actually do film, you know, tutorials on their phone. They mm-hmm. have pretty decent range of videos. Of like course. Re- they look great, right? Um, but a lot of people, um, I think that they assume they start their channel. Three months later, there's supposed to be like a specific barrier that you break, or there's supposed to be, and they get frustrated. And I'm like, dog, like this took me half a decade.
1: Well, I mean, to that point, so to
0: even have a livable
1: what kept income. you what kept you going cuz i think a lot of people would probably feel like you know what this really this isn't really panning out and yeah. people would kind of tap out early but you obviously kept pushing through and you had some good response you mentioned that you know it wasn't an overnight success but you definitely saw a lot of people loving what you were doing so right. what did keep you going when things weren't turning out quickly enough for you
0: well i can honestly say it's 100% attributed to the fact that i wasn't pursuing you too professionally mm-hmm. that first half of of my career. It was just something that I was doing. It's like, once you get to like 200,000 subscribers, it's like, how do you not continue? Yeah. And that was a different time where there was no expectation. You know, there wasn't as much of like a, I should be making money. It wasn't, I I should, I should, I should. It's like, Oh, I can, I could do a video this week. Hmm. It wasn't like, and that's kind of the part of YouTube that I miss. Like I, I wish there could be as much entrepreneurs as the world would allow But it just doesn't work that way. Like, you have to genuinely enjoy what you're doing. Otherwise, like, this is not the kind of career you get into to quit your day job in six months. It's just not how it works. There's just so many unmeasurable things about YouTube that are so specific. And I feel like that's why now a lot of people are disappointed because they expect that. Well, I do similar content like her. I have the same camera that she does. I mm-hmm. use the same lighting. I style my hair the same way. I have the same background. And it's like, that's not how it works.
1: Right. And it shouldn't work that way. And I feel like that can actually work against you because it can, everything can be, start start looking exactly the same. And well, it's like,
0: if someone wanted to watch Jackie Aina's videos, they just go to Jackie Aina's channel, not yours. It, like, you no shade. No. And, that's, and, and <laughs> no, I say that because that's a lesson that I've had to learn. Like, I right. see what other people – it's like you take a little bit and you're like – oh I love that let me maybe I should do a similar setup or ooh, maybe I should do this maybe I should do intro like that person and it's like kill all that noise exactly like just relax stop overthinking it have fun genuinely have fun right you know it and sounds so
1: corny but it's true no it's true and I would love to hear a little bit about you know you taking you kind of figuring things out on the go because you mentioned that there, there was no blueprint for this, and you had to figure out what your audience wanted, like, what, you know, the consistency of uploads. So kind of walk me through that experience of of trying to build your channel when there was really no – there was no blueprint, even for YouTubers to even look. So even if you w- were looking for inspiration for dark-skinned beauty YouTubers, there really wasn't that in the beginning. So right. what was that like navigating that, that early part of your career, and, like, how did you – manage to figure out like what people wanted and figure out like kind of find your voice in a way
0: i mean there definitely was a present community of dark skin Mm -hmm. youtubers at the time they did not get a ton of visibility which was you know heartbreaking including myself at the time um but honestly i think it was just a matter of just continuing to listen to my audience i feel like a lot of what really kept my channel Thriving was being super interactive, constantly talking to them, asking them what they wanted to see, you know, talking about real issues. And I think that also, I understand that not everybody's comfortable talking about current events and a lot of people don't realize like what place that has within beauty. But for me, it only felt right because... I'm a dark skinned woman, you know, I'm a black woman living in America. I have an immigrant father. I'm an African woman, you know? So there's just so many different like aspects and so many different experiences in the cosmetic industry and in the beauty industry that I felt it was important to talk about. Now, a lot of people like to say things like, Oh, well you just talk about, you know, racism in the beauty world because it gets you views and stuff. And it's like, (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) to me because there was a time when, like, that was the exact opposite. Like, because right. everyone would tell me, like, you shouldn't be talking about that. You shouldn't be, you know, like, no, you shouldn't be talking about lack of diversity. Why are you talking about that? No one. And it was like there was a time where that literally actually hurt my growth. Wow. That actually hurt my videos and my channel because people wanted you to just shut up and put on lipstick, you know. And so it's actually comical that people now think that that's my mark. I'm like, my marketing, no, no. Uh, if they only knew how many years I was told to shut up about it because right. there there were people talking about it, but they just weren't as visible. So unfortunately, Absolutely. it was like they were being stifled down by all of the other people who just wanted to, you know, do more lighthearted. And there's nothing wrong with lighthearted content. I mean, there's Not a time and a place for everything. I get it. But, you know, I just continued to move forward with that. I, I It definitely, definitely helped me. It started to really resonate with my audience and i think a lot of people were like wait i think she's like serious like wow i never really paid attention and i guess it's it's a real issue and i'm like yeah right it's it's better now but it used to be way worse 10 years ago
1: oh yeah we'll be right back with jackie Ina and her career changing epiphany after this short break so when you think about those those first five years when it was so rough for you how like what from that did you learn that you've that you're applying to this latter half of your career? Uh,
0: I had what I like to call an epiphany.
1: Okay, okay. so bring it on. <laughs> this epiphany. So,
0: so at the time, I had this roommate. Mm-hmm. She gave me some very valuable insight that I really needed at the time because this was about four or five years into my channel. There was a point where I was like. Tea. Like, I was, like, really... Like, it was the first time I ever truly felt jealous of other people surpassing me. Of course, naturally, you feel left out. And also, mind you, this was also for me kind of like a reminder of like you failed you failed you're still barely making any money like you know every nigerian parent's dream is to see their children go to college and be a doctor or a lawyer lawyer. or an engineer exactly (laughs) and like i had accomplished none of that and not only that but i'm i'm failing at the one career i told them to trust me to do you know well it it actually wasn't youtube it's not like i wanted to be a youtuber full-time but Needless to say, seeing people around me, you know, surpass me was, you know, you kind of feel away. Naturally, I think you would feel away, um, especially when you're still trying to figure out, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what are they doing that they're that I'm not doing? So I'm venting to her and I'm telling her, like, it's so annoying because some of these girls aren't talented and blah, blah and blah, blah. She was like, OK, girl, like, I feel you. But like they got numbers and they got people that are watching their videos. So obviously they got talent in something. And isn't that what you want?
1: Well, if you're going like, honest about it. You kind of right, though. I was like, damn. You're like, that stings, but I feel you. But it didn't <laughs> even sting. I mean,
0: it, it kind of was like, damn, she's low-key right. Like, I never thought, you know how, let's take the Kardashians, for example. Of course. Talented at not being talented. Like, yeah. That's a freaking talent! It's like talent. I don't care no, how you look. Like you make money off of no. T- like that's that's what there's I've something always to said. be said about right. that. Like wow! Like people are just invested an interest in your life. Right. You know, I may not want that kind of life, but that's something. There's right. something to be said about someone who doesn't have a or at the time didn't have a real skill, didn't have a trade, didn't have a career. Like that's amazing, and so that was kind of like what she was trying to show me. Like, look, they may not have a skill per se, but like. Maybe people just really like them. Maybe people just really enjoy their content. And I was like, wow, you're right. So then I had this like aha moment where I was like, Okay, what is it about my about my videos that people don't enjoy? So I started rewatching them and I found that like I didn't even enjoy my own videos. Wow.
1: What about them didn't you like? They were boring. Oh.
0: I was giving <laughs> I was giving everybody customer service Jackie.
1: Fair. Okay.
0: I was giving everybody, like, it was too instructional. Not enough of my real personality. Like, all of the dumb, silly stuff that I do off camera. I was like, what if I just act like, like, what if I'm really just myself in my videos? That's true.
1: Because I feel like there's definitely, that's actually really insightful. Because I do remember some of, like, your older videos where it was, like you said, it was just very kind of, like, play by play by play. And, like, now, like, you are just... (laughs) just it's just fun you realize like it's it's exactly it's fun but it's also instructional and you also do take time to make videos that as you mentioned earlier like that call out important issues like one of your i feel like like, one of your videos that got like well over a million views was one like where you're talking about how people say they don't see color right and it was just it's like so you've you've managed to sprinkle in social commentary humor and fun and still people can learn A lot from your makeup tips so it's like i that's that's really interesting that you were able to like be it was kind of forced insight (laughs) through like a useful read (laughs) you managed to you managed to reach that point where you're like you know what let me just actually watch these videos myself that's great that's true yeah that's really great no
0: it's true like i didn't even enjoy my own videos because i'm like this is just like not like i would like edit a video throw on youtube never to be seen again or edited or viewed ever again and like now, like, I can binge watch my own because I'm just like, yo, I'm really funny. Like, <laughs> I was so, I mean, but everybody has to, like, hype themselves up, right? That's true. But I've But I genuinely said if you can make, enjoy it now.
1: If you can make one person laugh, let it be yourself. I've always true. said that because I think if you find it funny, then at least, and if even if one, one other person finds it funny, you can at least be happy with the content that you put out. Right. And I feel like that's what a lot of creators need to realize is that if you don't like it, how can you expect somebody else to? Like you, exactly. you have to stand by what you put out.
0: Exactly. That's
1: that's really interesting.
0: And then I also think that people have to have realistic expectations. Like I'll get um, questions from people that are like, oh, I'm not really growing. Like why have, Why aren't people watching my videos? And then I'll go to their channel and the lighting may be really poor, uh, the camera quality. I'm like, you'd probably be better off filming this on your phone. This right. camera is so bad, you know? <laughs> right. It's like sometimes it's like little basic things. And I think that... This was what I wanted to piggyback on for what what I said earlier. You wanna see what other people are doing and you wanna take enough of it to make it your own, but not to where you lose the integrity and the authenticity of your own channel. So for example, if you see that everybody is filming in 4K, It may not necessarily be time to step it up to 4K, but you're going to have to get that camera quality up to parma. Like, get the next best thing. But you need to be keen and you need to pay attention to what is getting viewers, you know, is what is keeping people's attention. There kind of is a standard, but you still have to make your own. So in the beauty community specifically, the standard is you have to have excellent, excellent film quality. You just do. It's not really a standard that we set like this this is our audience like if there's a little bit of static on my mic they'll drag me in the <laughs> comments it's like literally you ha- everything has to be perfect now
1: absolutely and right. this
0: isn't a standard that we set. it's like everyone's like i feel like i have to compete i'm like well you guys set those standards we don't right i'd be happy to film on my floor <laughs> with my little iphone tripod now with
1: your ring light and everything you like think this. i want to
0: spend three grand on lights every other year or just that's a good cheap. lens like exactly. is, no, that's yeah this no, stuff that's is true. not cheap it's like i don't set this standard <laughs> this is like what people say that they want so right knowing that you have to kind of follow like follow the formula but make it your own as much as you can. It's so great that you told me that you don't even wear makeup, you know, you have no, no. interest in makeup whatsoever, no. but that you still watch my videos because
1: Absolutely.
0: That is honestly what has helped save my channel is that not everybody is just watching this to learn something and I think that once I realized that it was like okay I can actually have fun now like right. I don't actually have to be in teacher mode 24 7 and it was that year it was that year that I had my conversation with my roommate and I had that epiphany I like to call it <laughs> that year where I ever had my first viral video and it was definitely the first time I ever got to truly let down every barrier be myself and like it definitely paid off the roasting like my, yeah oh yeah, my
1: god no no i know those are so i
0: mean those are honestly like some of the dumbest but like funniest videos like i get to because i'm just like i just get to act a freaking fool you're roasting
1: like... brands video i mean the thing but it came from a good place and i love the fact yeah, that like, it's you always never meant to be mean it's never meant all. to be hurtful and right. i feel
0: like that's where a lot of times um people don't a lot of times people don't know how to cross that line and that's also what kind of That's what kind of, honestly, I got a little over the series because I felt like people were taking it into something that's like, this is not like they would like tag me in videos of like really mean things like or making fun of like other creators. And it's like, I don't want to contribute. So I feel like that series definitely ran its course.
1: So what is kind of your guiding principle for the content on your channel? Because I think that that's that's a really big thing for you to say, like, this is this is a successful series, Mm -hmm. but it's turning to something I don't want it to be. I'm just gonna kind of dead it. So, what is that thinking process for your channel? Like, what content you put up there?
0: That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. So, I actually heard this quote, and I'm pretty sure it was from Oprah. Don't quote me if it's not be, Oprah, or, great somebody, quote is Oprah. <laughs> or somebody from Oprah or somebody lying, somebody lying on you, girl. I don't know, but yes, I guess because heard... Oprah listens. No, talking. it was Oprah because I remember she ended her show. She ended her daytime talk show because she said, "I don't ever." This is me paraphrasing, by the way. She basically said something along the lines of like. I don't want this show to, like, die because people are bored and sick of it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not comparing that series to any level, anywhere close to Oprah's Uh, level of of success. Why not? But, but... (laughs) To me, it was kind of like, okay. I'm already kind of like feeling some type of way about how people are are, are twisting it and and receiving it. And of course, people also did their own versions of which didn't bother me because I actually did. um, My video was kind of like a spinoff version inspired by someone else's video. It wasn't about beauty. It was about something else. And then I turned it into beauty. Then everyone started doing it for beauty, which was funny. Huh. But trendsetter, yeah. Hey, trends—that's <laughs> what we do. So yeah, I think that once it started to kind of turn into this, like, oh, this is Jackie's opportunity to make fun of someone. It was like. No, that's not what it's about. And then I got to a point in, like, the third or fourth year where it was like, you know what? I don't even need this series. All of my videos now are regularly doing well. It's not the one video that I have to count on anymore. I could easily get, like, a couple viral videos a month now. Like, I'm good. So for me, it was like that wasn't my one measure of growth for me anymore. That wasn't the one thing that I had to count on. And that was when I decided, like, I think it's time to move on.
1: Absolutely. So when you think back, and not to... You know, say that this is a high point of your career because I know that you've got so, so many other amazing projects and things that you're going to do. But when you think back on your career from this point, what would you say has been the most valuable career or creative lesson that you've learned that you can leave our listeners with today?
0: Well, the most creative lesson I've learned and also the most cliche is. Doesn't
1: with cliches.
0: Yeah, clichés, clichés good, but <laughs> a lot of times it's true. Right. But honestly, just be yourself mm-hmm. and stop trying to pretend to be something that you're not. Um and also just you have to be persistent. You have to stick with it. Especially once, honestly, I would say once you start momentum, you have it. Tap into like why are people here? Why do people like me and try to replicate that and different variations of that as often as you can. So relating back to what I said about my viral series, um, I had to learn over time that the more I incorporate more of that comedy into my videos regularly, that's what's going to keep them around. Mm. And so I think that I needed some more time to kind of essentially learn, like, I can do that in much smaller scales in all my videos. Like, I can just roast things all the time in a fun, lighthearted, playful way Absolutely. instead of just saving all the jokes for the end of the year, you know? And you know, use it to your advantage. Use use the fact that you are you to your advantage. There's no one else like you. That
1: is such that is an Oprah way to end this. <laughs> There's no one else like you. All right, thank you, Jackie O. There you go. See? <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. I love this. You've thank you for been wonderful. Me. My Podcasts pleasure. Awesome.
0: I'm so excited.
1: Thanks for listening to Creative Conversation. I just wanted to remind you that our fourth annual Innovation Festival is coming up fast. We've got a stacked deck of speakers and panels and workshops. You really don't want to miss any of it. For more information, head over to events.fastcompany.com. And as a special gift to our listeners, you can get 30% off your tickets to the Innovation Festival when you use the offer code podcast. That's events.fastcompany.com and offer code podcast to save 30%. Get your tickets and I'll see you in New York.